Coral Castle has been called the eighth wonder of the world. This place is a fantasy garden and an engineering marvel. The blocks are cut and set with great precision, locked without mortar. At 30 tons, the greatest single stone in Coral Castle is twice as massive as any in the pyramids. Here are massive megaliths, huge astrological symbols, and structures whose purpose is a total mystery. Surprisingly, 25 miles away is cosmopolitan Miami. Coral Castle was built not in ancient times, but in the 20th century. Most curious of all, Coral Castle was built in secret by one man, Edward Leedskalman, a frail little hermit. With no modern machinery and with no help, he somehow hand-carved and lifted every single block, a total of three million pounds. Stepping in with them baby blue chugs. All right, everybody, welcome to year 2020. Uh, if you're watching the Facebook Live right now, we got some dope ass filters on here, and I'm looking like I'm looking thicker than a Snickers today. Look at all this gold, man. Ah, uh, fucking gold for the new year. Woo! Dang, coming yeah. up, man. Coming up in the world, man. But this is 2020. I am Hugh Downs. This is my co-host Barbara Walters. What's up? Oh, it is 2020. <laughs> we get to do that 2020 joke for an entire year. Oh uh, no, nah, just this one time, and then we coo. What's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New I've Year. I've been man. seeing you since last year. Last year, man. Yeah, <laughs> since last Sunday. Yeah. Damn, I can't believe it's already been five days. <laughs> it's, it's crazy though, man. The new year ushered in. We're about to be in World War Three. Um, a lot of stuff happening in like four days. I know, right? Fucking, what else happened? I feel like I'm missing something big. Um, let's see. Um, Smash Mouth won a Grammy. Oh shit! No way. Yeah, the Grammys happened. Already. Best metal performance. <laughs> they won the best metal performance <laughs> for All Star. Their one Somebody hit. Somebody once told me Monica's turning off the podcast right Dude, now. You know what's funny? So I was looking at this thing that said like the top like 50 rock songs of the 2000s or something like that or okay. of the last decade sorry last decade and um 
they were really bad. It was like yeah. 21 pilots and like all this bullshit. Imagine Dragons. Yeah, it was yeah. some bullshit like that. If like, you're a fan of those bands, I'm sorry. Like we d- uh, we just do not jive on musical oh taste. Maybe musical, maybe maybe movies or something. But I I judge harshly people by the music they listen to. Like that's if the f- tw- first thing I look at. Like 21 pilots. Do you know why they're named 21 pilots? <sighs> Go ahead and educate they're me. They're named after the 21 pilots that took down the Twin Towers. I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. God damn. That's the saddest shit ever, I, dude. I'm just kidding. That'd be yeah. fucking crazy. That's some Illuminati shit. I'd be like, why? And they're allowed to play on the radio? Why? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they suck, but okay. Wow. I'm playing. But god damn, that band is terrible. Yeah. Same thing with Imagine Dragons. I, aren't they the same band? Like, it to me, it just sounds like... Maybe I'm getting old and I'm disconnecting from the what's so, cool. Here's the thing. Like radio rock, like things that are on the radio are usually bad. Like if you think mm-hmm. about it, even like when we were younger, like for the most part, I'll go back and listen to those things, and it'll be like disturbed. It's like disturbed, and yeah. here's fucking three eleven. Yeah, you know, it's like all this bullshit that's like super cringy. Kid Rock and three eleven and Godsmack <laughs> and all these like terrible bands that are just like, Ugh. and like yeah. even like as much as I love Corn, Corn in its later years is very like. Ugh. It was yeah. really bad. He's still crying about like being molested at like age forty five. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. But yeah, Twenty One Pilots pretty terrible. Yeah, I don't know, man. I ugh. speaking of Twenty One Pilots, you want to <laughs> get into the topic, man. I don't know where to go from there, man. I'm yeah, just, man, I'm just, I'm thoroughly disgusted. Why would you even bring that in? Were you in the car? Like, I think, like when I'm driving around throughout the week, like I always think, like, what am I gonna bring for like the intro? Like, you know, like some. Some hot conversation no, I, I and whatnot. Do you, were you thinking about Twenty One Pilots or something? I was shit? listening to uh, the Sounds of Animals Fighting. Shout out to our boy Steve Choi. You know, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. He's a cool guy. Follow him on Instagram because he's our a cool sixth follow. Most downloaded episode of all time. Cool guy. Cool follow. Yeah, guy, Steve, come back on the podcast, bro. Yeah, we gotta get that guy back on here. Him and Donnie. Yeah, Donnie. Donnie, amen. Oh, you know what I was going to think of? Speaking of in the car, thinking about topics to fucking um, talk about in the intro before we get into the actual Oh, episode. I do have one question for you. Go ahead, but I do have one question for <laughs> Okay, you. yeah. It's, it's interview with Jacob time. Go ahead. Um, no, I finally sat down and watched um, The Irishman, dude. Oh, how was it? Fucking, okay, so first of all, The Irishman Did you is, do it all in one sitting? I sure as fuck did because I was not going to go out on New Year's Eve because I'm not trying to die like that. Or get ignored at my uh, girlfriend's mother's house. But anyways, I digress on that. But yeah, I sat there. I was like, okay, here's a good three and a half hours. Amazing movie. It's somewhere in between Goodfellas and The Departed. Like, it's it's a bona fide certified classic. It's everything you would want in a Martin Scorsese movie. Like, De Niro knocks it out of the park. Fucking Pacino, of course, is like full on, like, raging Pacino. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe Pesci is just Joe Pesci as fuck. And then it, it's... It's an amazing gangster story, but it's not just being gangster just to be gangster like our filter here on Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, It's just an amazing story about Jimmy Hoffa and whatnot and the bad guys and the good guys. Like, it it blurs the line between good and bad and friendships and whatnot. Like, it's an amazing... It's almost a love story in a a sense, but the only thing is kind of like the CGI is a little weird. Yeah, I've heard really bad things about the aging... The de-aging process that they did. It was more or less... um, because they make Robert De Niro's eyes blue, and I'm like, wow, that looks that looks like somebody took like um like if you go to Knott's Berry Farm, like there's like an old timey gift shop where there's like all these like glass blown, um like like a, a glass blown whale like yeah, souvenir yeah. or whatever. Like his mm-hmm. eyes look like that. Like somebody blew like <laughs> like some homemade glass and made his eyes like it looks that looks weird to me. But other than that, 
would definitely be like one A or my one B top movies from 2019. Oh damn! Um, yeah. Speaking of the movie Shadow, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to you before we started recording. Shadow was in one of my my list of like favorite movies. They're gonna be playing that at the Fox Theater, so you get one chance to see it in theaters. One chance, one opportunity. You get one chance. One um, spaghetti. That's a really great movie. So, um, so my question t- I was gonna ask you is: you posted, I guess, like what topics would you guys like us to hear? And then <laughs> one of the answers was like some like spam thing in Spanish. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like reading it. I was like, this makes no sense. I, it makes sense, but it's like, it was like when a trip to come down to Mexico <laughs> and stay in like, I don't know, it was some weird shit. I, I don't was, know. I thought it would be hilarious. It was hilarious. Though. Yeah, I, I was I, laughing pretty I hard. thought it would be hilarious to post that because like when you ask <laughs> questions like on Instagram, like those little like bubble things that pop up. Like, 99% of the responses, like, literally, you have to go through, like, 300 responses of just saying, like, hi, or check out my page, or whatever, and I'm like, just delete, 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 or, like, those thought thirst pages, where it's just, like, check out my new butt pic, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm cool, like. I always go check them out. Why not? You, you I'm are, like, well, this is a cool butt pic. All right, uh, next. But, yeah, now it's a dime a dozen. Virus, yeah. <laughs> so you get viruses on your phone. Yeah, sexually transmitted virus on yeah. your phone. Uh, but yeah, so 99% of them, and then I just saw that, and I thought that was hilarious. And then some of the suggestions were like, oh, you guys got to do Mothman. I'm like, just go back on the episodes. You'll find it. So I just thought that would be a funny thing to I, put on I always argue with my sister because my sister is like always telling me, you guys got to do cryptozoology. And I'm like, cryptozoology just, just as a whole? Yup. And it's like, damn, that's like a 45-part episode. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a huge topic you want us to just cut how down. about you just listen to the fucking new jersey devil new jersey and then devil mothman but speaking with i kind of do want to redo mothman maybe next halloween i don't know but i feel like that wasn't our strongest episode but this episode you want to move into the topic yeah man uh edward lee shacken jacken <laughs> <laughs> you mean edward Leeds scotland yeah that guy okay and he's famous for what art uh, the Coral Castle. Coral Castle, which is open. I wanted to check it out as I was doing research for this. I kept getting advertisements for it. Oh which yeah, which is a whole different topic we should get into. But, oh, I know. Um, but it looks cool. Like, I thought it looked cool. Like, it's something mm-hmm. that I, you know, we had talked about. Um, we talked about the Georgia Guidestones at one Correct. point, right? Yeah. I I get mixed up. Um, but um, it reminded me of that. Like, it has a little bit of that mystery of like kind of this thing. But this is more of a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into it, man. Like, Hell who yeah. who is this guy? Okay, go ahead, he's, Art. He's old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1887. He's from Latvia. Latvia, which, you know. Like old Russia or some shit, yeah. That, a lot of strange basketball players coming from Latvia that now. That is true, yeah. Like, I'm sure that's not what they were known for. But this guy then. would definitely not be a basketball player. No, he was, he was really was, small. Yeah, he was like, what, barely five foot? And they said yeah. he never weighed more than 100 pounds. That's true. So, you know, just a little bit of the background, and I, I don't want to rush through it too much, but um, he was, he he came from a, a stone carver's background. Stone mason. Stone mason background. So he knew how to, like, work stones in general. Mm-hmm. His family was part of that whole 
stonemason, which sounds super creepy because I always think of the Simpsons and the stone cutters and all that, like stone. You know what though? I thought the same thing. And then when I was doing my research, like I Wikipedia like stonemasons and stonemasons, yeah, that was the basis for the Freemasons, which were like that, or which are that secret society that yeah. the stone cutters are based yeah. off of in the Simpsons. And, but, and really, they're just like cutting gravestones, right? That's a lot of what they do. Correct, or uh, building, you know, temples and and whatnot, and. I thought that was such a. I went down a rabbit hole. I thought that was such a weird uh, thing to have a secret society built around. But I guess like the art of because it, it's generally an art. Like you, nobody, no geek off the street can just well, start building stones. Exactly what this guy goes into. Like this is like math and science and like mm-hmm. he. It's so complicated. Yeah, he like dumbs it down. He only had like a elementary school education. I think, believe they said like a fourth grade education. Yeah, but we're talking about like a formal fourth grade education like we actually knew how to read and write yeah and like you knew like the fucking presidents of latvia and yeah. um little joe rabbit or whatever like the story. little joe rabbit what the hell are you talking about i think that's a movie i meant to say little peter rabbit but oh, okay <laughs> little joe rabbit. i believe that's that nazi movie with the little kid where like hitler's like his imaginary friend oh what the hell yeah that's a movie i never heard of that that's cool i'll check it out yeah it might be my second best movie of 2019 i don't know it looked really good i just never got around to watching we it. didn't even talk about book smart go check out book smart it's pretty funny <laughs> that's a funny movie yeah um anyways um he comes to america he basically becomes oh wait but why does he go why does he come to america though art oh i i didn't get that what why is that you said it sounded like this is like one of the most important parts of the story, oh. my brother. But anyways, okay, yeah, so you said it. You set it up. His family were, you know, stonemasons. His grandfather was actually a gravestone builder. Uh-huh. Uh, his father was like uh, a master stonemason because uh, there's three levels of stonemasons. There's an apprentice, a journeyman, and then a master stonemason. Well, his dad was a master stonemason, which means you're king cock shit, right? But anyways, so his family um, was highly regarded for the workmanship but they were poor as shit mm-hmm. and he grew up his whole life you know very sickly like we said he's he was five he was five foot if that and he never weighed more than 100 pounds and so when it came time uh, for him to marry at the age of 26 uh he was set to marry this 16 year old girl um now a lot of sources say her name was agnes oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah there you go i brother. thought i thought that happened in the united states for some nah, this was in latvia uh, but this is why he comes to America. This is this is his reason for, man. This is why he yeah. made that what he made. But um, at 16 years old, um, she did not want to marry him. And so um, a day before the wedding day, she it, straight up just leaves him. Yeah. And pretty, pretty sad. But at the same time, she was only 16. He was 10 years old. So he's 26 years old. Correct. And it Which was is really- kind of like a slap in the face because it's just like, here you are, like, you, you know this, like, highly, you know, high skilled, you know, job and whatnot and but you're poor, you're only five foot, you're sickly, you've only a hundred pounds and you're getting rejected by a sixteen year old. Like he was like the laughing stock of the town, they said. So embarrassed by what had had transpired, you know, he goes to Germany and then he comes over to America to New York. I thought it was also creepy that he nicknames her Sweet Sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's such a creepy nickname. Yeah. <laughs> All the way up until his death, he would always like look off to like Latvia. They said, and like he'd be like, "This was for my Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, that's yeah, some pedophile shit, man. That's <laughs> some Jeffrey. Uh, yeah, um, but he does come to America, and he takes up some. He you know kind of travels around, mm-hmm. becomes uh, a logger yeah. essentially. So he learns how to like cut down trees and how to deal with like huge 
which in itself is crazy as fuck because trees like last year well i spent my whole tax return getting rid of like a bunch of trees out of my backyard and we're talking about like 25 foot trees and whatnot and these things were leaving like huge like indents in like the ground and whatnot and uh the tree cutters they were saying like the, the little pieces of uh wood they would cut off like some of them would weigh like 500 pounds but like they had like special equipment to so that way like if it fell wrong it wouldn't land like on our like house or like on our, my dog or yeah. anything like that but they had like you know like a rope and pulley system that would you know easily guide it down but even just setting it down slightly it would leave like this huge crater <laughs> in my backyard and whatnot yeah. and um yeah so I can only imagine, like, I guess he started in Canada, you know, doing logging, and then he moved on to Oregon, and we're talking about, like, huge, like, 200-foot, 300-foot trees, like, and they're having to figure out how to, like, get these trees to fall down without killing, like, the crew and whatnot. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, it, to log in California, you're probably logging, I think they were still allowing people to log redwoods back then, mm-hmm. so, like, those are humongous trees. Those are, yeah. Like, some of the biggest trees in the world. That's the bigger biggest. than a fucking blue whale. Yeah. Yeah. Are they the biggest? Are sequoias bigger? Uh, I think redwoods are, if I believe it or not. What's that one that like they cut out like a a little? Uh, I think that's a sequoia where a car can drive through. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that and even that one's huge as fuck. And if yeah. a redwood's bigger than that, Ooh, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> um, anyways, okay. um, so he does travel around. He eventually mm-hmm. ends up in Texas, also doing logging. Um, basically, learns the logging game. <laughs> In general, I I do think that's funny that a lot of my notes keep bringing back that he was so heartbroken. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been heartbroken, Art? I have, but not to the point where I, like, traveled the country, like, becoming a logger. (laughs) He just jumped on MySpace and started putting out your heart to the world. MySpace.com. But I did see that he was, uh, let's see, uh, he was five feet tall, only weighed 100 pounds, which I think is really fucking small man because when you think of like loggers you think of like paul bunyan and his his uh fucking blue ox babe and whatnot these giant men and whatnot you think of fucking flannels and hairy chests and just like brutus men just eating stacks of pancakes and shit you don't think of like little five foot tall latvian men right no of course not no so but he and i guess he really excelled at that but homeboy contracted what's called what's like was like one of the worst diseases to contract was tuberculosis yeah and um Super common at this point. Correct, yeah. Because they didn't really have cures back then and shit. This is like the dark ages. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so the only cure was is to like, go to a dry, well, not a drier climate, but like a warmer, warmer climate. Because it's basically you're getting pneumonia, I want to say, but like a super contagious form of it. But like you never get over it. Yeah, <laughs> you never get over it. And so like the movie Tombstone, you see Doc Holliday. He's like fucking coughing blood into a handkerchief mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, that was very common. Like people would move to like Arizona. They would lo- move, ugh, move to like Yuma, uh, you know, Arizona and, you know, San Bernardino and whatnot. Like these dry... Uh, you know, warm climates to try to get over the TB. Like that was like your best bet, either die in comfort or a little less comfort comfort than you would be like in a, a damp place like Oregon. Yeah. Um, but what he did is he moved to Florida. Yeah. So he moves to Florida. He doesn't move. He, he, he moves to Florida city. If, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm correct, which is like the southernmost city in the United States. That's not on an Island. Yeah. So he moves to Florida city and he eventually starts making these giant just carvings at this point well let's not skip to that yet because yeah so he's walking around florida he's trying to find you know it's this ideal land and whatnot 
and he, like he'll like look at a piece of land and it'll be like ideal farming land where you can because at this time yeah, like yeah. it's very sparse uh, you know in the 19 it's like in the early 1920s right so the population is very sparse down there and so like florida was just an open game like universal studios or disney world hadn't been built yeah. yet so it, it's open game and he goes to florida city and he's looking for uh, a place to to build something he, you know he hasn't told anyone yet and so he's walking down the street and uh, he meets a Reuben Moser. And Reuben thinks that, oh, who, who's this little kid like walking down the street? Like he was <laughs> like, he's like, what the hell? Like this kid looks like he's a, like on his on the verge of dying because, again, he has tuberculosis. He doesn't have much money, but, you know, he's looking for land. And he goes up to pull over to give like this kid a ride. Like, hey, do you need a ride home to your mom or do you need to go to the hospital or whatnot? Yeah. And so, you know, Edward tells the story of, you know, being left at the altar by his sweet 16. And, you know, Reuben, you know, feels sorry for him. So he takes him into his home and his wife nurses him back to health. And I guess at this point, this is where, you know, the story starts to take a little bit of a mystical turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his wife is a nurse and like, but. Uh, Edward, he says that, you know, he healed himself from tuberculosis with the power of magnets. Mm. So when he gets um, all cured and whatnot, uh, he, um, his friend Reuben was actually a real estate developer. And so Reuben had a plot of land um, in Florida City. And it was just like this war, like horrible piece of uh, property. You couldn't farm on it and whatnot. And he just, he, he, he sells it for very cheap uh, to Edward and um, he, Edward's just delighted, like, oh, this is perfect. And I believe they said that it was only three inches of topsoil, and then the rest was just bedrock. Ooh. So it's pretty hard shit at this point. Yeah. And they leave him, you know, to his own devices, and they're like, oh, wow, that was so weird. Like, anybody else would have rejected this property. You know, it's by the Everglades, like, you know, just a hop, yeah, skip, He basically and can't grow anything here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this motherfucker's going to die. So, you know, they grew attached to him and, you know, a couple weeks later they go and visit, um, Edward. And then like you were saying, you know, when they went to go visit him, they saw him like with a tripod, you know, lifting like these like 10 ton, 50 ton, like pieces of stone like, out of the ground. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these stones, you know, some of them weren't there from, from, you know, when he had originally purchased the land. Mm-hmm. So... You know, one of the the mysteries is how did he get these stones here? (laughs) Some people say that he did have a a friend that owned the tractor and Mm -hmm. he would help him like bring him in in the middle of the night. But even then, it's like no one ever knew how he would unload them. Like he would still have to arrange them in a certain way and a tractor could only do so much. But he was, he had somehow gotten all these rocks over here. And what they said was is that, you know, again, like I was saying, like there was three inches of topsoil. And what he was doing is, is he would dig into the bedrock and we would find these limestone oolite. Ool- um, uh-huh. That's <laughs> the name of the rock. Um, it's basically limestone with like petrified like fossils and wood and just like all this like, okay, it's he's basically, it's like swamp rock basically uh-huh. that is very porous and hard and surprisingly heavy. Um, when you leave my house today, I actually have a humongous rock in, in the front of my house, like a decorative, you know, limestone rock. Uh-huh. I don't know whatever, what, whatever white people like built my house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like thought that was cool, but yeah, I was trying to move it the other day to, you know, to get some weeds from underneath it, but it's like almost impossible to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if like I tie like a piece of like chain to my Jeep and like pull it, like it'll come loose. Nope. Did not work. So we're talking about like maybe like, 
a two foot by three foot piece of rock in my front yard. Yeah. And I can't move it with like a 325 horsepower Jeep. Yeah. And I'm not about to throw that on my fucking Mustang and ruin my Mustang. But if I couldn't move it with my Jeep, Edward was sitting there with some limestone, you know, just pulling it out of the ground, like cutting it and pulling it out of the ground with, I believe they said the tripod was made out of old telephone poles and um, spare parts like chains and whatnot from spare yeah. like car parts like and, and it looks it like yeah it looks there's pictures of of the device that he built and i did see someone try to recreate this on youtube like i'm gonna i'm gonna show i can do this uh-huh. but he had all kinds of fucking tools that i'm pretty sure he didn't have uh-huh. to, to do this and like it kind of takes away the mysticism the of, lore of it and whatnot. yeah it's like I saw it and it was like, so I'm gonna plug it into these twelve car batteries really quick. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. He just made a giant leap. Um, but it is very caveman looking, like correct. Yeah, and, and it looks like something out of the Flintstones. It does. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it, and like, and no one really ever saw him like operating it. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw things attached to it. They saw, but they never saw like the rocks being really attached to them, mm-hmm. which is. Fucking weird that he was doing this all at night where no one would see him on purpose. Correct. And they were saying that, like, teenagers, preteens, if you will. Preteens. Yeah, they would, like, you know, hop his fence and, like, spy on him. And he, like, they said that, like, he was, like, whistling and singing to the rocks. And they would just, like, magically, like, levitate up. And, like, people were freaked out by him. And they thought, like, he was doing, like, some black magic bullshit or fucking, like, some alien um communication to get these rocks to come first of all to be quarried out of the ground cut and then lifted out of the ground but Mm -hmm. they they saw the the tripod but like you said they didn't see necessarily anything being attached to it that was be able to lift it out of these out of the ground with these rickety ass fucking like we're talking like old model t like the first fucking car made by fucking ford and like these rickety old Telephone poles. Now, telephone poles aren't the sturdiest of poles. I mean, they're sturdy enough to, you know, hold like a five-pound telephone wire, but they're not known for, you know, their building prowess. So that's why they were just discarded because, you know, they had already served their purpose in South Florida, Mm -hmm. which is a very damp and humid area. So, you know, they're constantly changing out, um, you know, telephone poles and you know, machinery all the time. So that's why he was able to get his hands on this because this was basically trash that he was working with. Yeah. And, you know, um, he did build, and I don't know if you have it in your notes, but he he built this, like, I believe it was, uh, like, this very mysterious box that that Mm -hmm. everyone points out. The black box? The black box, right? And no one really knew what was inside the black box, although there is a museum there now, Mm -hmm. and it shows kind of the inner workings, I guess, of what's inside the black box. Yeah, it was like coil, like I, I basically a homemade battery. So it was like yeah. it was like copper uh, coils and whatnot, like positive and uh, negative. Uh, what I have it written down here? I believe it was called an AC current generator. Correct. Yeah, uh, but basically he was using the power of magnets uh, to create electromagnetic um, fields mm-hmm. to uh, power. So I don't want to jump ahead too much because I do have a theory on what he did to do this. But, yeah, basically he was doing all sorts of weird stuff because we're talking about the early 20s. Like we're barely getting like a car that can (laughs) drive on the road for more than, you know, two or three miles. And even then, like you got to crank it and whatnot. I agree with that 100%. And and as I was doing my research on this, 
I kept thinking like he almost it almost sounded like he built like an engine. Mm-hmm. But then I was like he kind of built the engine before the engine like Correct. Like this is very primitive cars. Mm-hmm. Like that were that were happening right now. You're right. Like they had to crank the engine and do all these things. Like and remember then, what's the the cartoon like Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah. Like every time like they would like uh, strap like the uh, mistress and you know damsel in distress yeah. like on the, the railroad tracks. Like they would always have to like crank up the car and whatnot. Yeah. Like that was a 1930s fucking cartoon. Yeah. And like this is all happening like in 1922, 1923. The Roaring Twenties. Yeah. The Roaring Twenties. We're back in the Roaring Twenties again. We are. Huh. Oh shit. Crazy. Yeah. Look at that. Good timing, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah, so he starts um, coring all this rock, and he starts building uh, what he called uh, his rock rock gate. And the reason why he called it his rock gate is because, first of all, the first thing he built was— because uh, he was a very private man, this is why he wanted to be in the you know basically the Everglades and whatnot. Is because he didn't want to be around people, you know, my kind of guy. Yeah, and I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. And so he builds like you know these walls, these eight foot walls out of these like fifty ton <laughs> fucking pieces of yeah. No, they're, it's impressive. And the, the but the gate he makes is uh, basically a gate that's on a swivel swivel. And it's a nine ton, I believe, uh, piece of rock that is so perfectly balanced that they they show video of like children and like elderly old women just basically pushing it with a finger and it spins around just so perfect. Kind of like like when you go to those hotels with the the revolving door thing, yeah, the revolving door and whatnot. But it's like this piece of like Flintstone rock that's it's swirling. So cool looking. I have to like admit, like when I was watching the stuff on YouTube, I was like, "Wow, that is impressive looking." Mm-hmm. That and kids it, are just swinging it around, and it lasted basically from the twenties all the way up until nineteen eighty four. I want to say, um, you know, just like that. Like it was so precise and mm-hmm. so well cut and so well done. And we'll get into how it was actually made a little bit later because it does break eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, then you walk into this rock gate, walk through this rock gate, and you see, like, all these um, <laughs> crazy, like, rock uh, contraptions. So you see, like, uh, crescent moon rocking chairs. You see a The rocking chairs are really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, people were really rocking on those chairs. And they're 50 tons. Yeah. Like, that's the craziest thing. They said that the... The smallest rock in Rock Gate uh, was bigger than the biggest uh, piece of rock in the pyramids. And, you know, he built like a two-story, uh, what he called his castle or Ed's place uh-huh. uh, from this. And mind you, he used no mortar. And the way these uh, rocks would uh, lock together uh, would just be by the, the will of their own weight. And it was, it's a fucking engineering marvel. Like, when you first look at it, you're like, oh, okay, this just looks like something out of the set of the Flintstones. But when you really get into, like, the numbers and the schematics of it, you're like, holy shit, how did this one man, this one 50-pound sickly man that never weighed more than 100 pounds do all of this by himself with, like, old Ford parts and fucking telephone poles? And so that was the marvel at all. And. That's this is the really weird thing because he did credit like I discovered the the secret of the pyramids and, yes and this is how I did this like people asked him like how are you doing this because at this point he was he was up there in age he was already I think he was sixty four years old when he died right correct yeah so I believe that's a pretty young death like yeah. by today's standards mm-hmm. and. He would like people would ask him all the time, like how he did it. And he would just be like, I understand the laws of weight and leverage. And I know the secrets of the people who built the pyramids. 
And so, like, it was always kind of just like a mystery, which makes sense because his family, you know, came from the stonemasons, which were notorious for keeping their secrets because that's how you were able to get money out of, you know, know, government to make, like, these temples and, you know, the walls and whatnot because, you know, they were the only ones that knew how to, you know, do their craft. And it was, that's why it became, that's why I went down that rabbit hole. It's like, well, why were were the Freemasons, Stonemasons, such a secret society? It's because, well, if you only have a select number of individuals that know this craft, that's how you're able to make basically a working wage and feed your family and whatnot. So it it makes sense. There's logic behind, you know, why the Freemasons became a secret society. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it makes sense in this regard why he never gave up his secret because it's just like, okay. Because they would ask him, well, why did you do it? And he would be like, well, this is for my sweet 16. She's going to come across the sea and she's going to come for me one day and, you know, and marry me. And because you look at, you know, Brock Gate and what he had made, and it's basically living quarters for him and a family. Like he would have like a heart shaped table, a heart shaped table that he would call his Valentine. Didn't he have a table that was shaped like the Florida Peninsula? Peninsula, yeah. 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 And, um, it had like an the exact number of chairs for him, his wife, and their future two children. Oh, so creepy. He had, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he had this heart shaped table that he called his Valentine, and he like he made a hole in the middle, and he grew like this plant, which is still there to this day, um, that would grow flowers. And he said, he goes, you know, my wife is gonna want you know a Valentine from me. And I'm such a poor, meager man that, you know, I will never be able to give her, you know, what she deserves. So here is my eternal Valentine to my sweet 16. And since I'm so poor and meager and whatnot, like she's going to want flowers every day. So I built her uh, a bush that would just bloom flowers, you know, throughout the year. You know, mm-hmm. by this time, you know, Rock Gates in Miami, we'll get into that portion of the story in a little bit, but you know, it just continuously blooms like just these beautiful fucking flowers, yeah, you know, it sounds beautiful. Like if you subtract the whole 16 year old, <laughs> like pedophile thing, it's a beautiful story. It's, yeah. It's touching. But yeah, he, so he built like, you know, little, little chairs for their two sons and whatnot. So you, you could think like, he's thinking in his mind, like if I build it, she will come kind of like a yeah. fill the dreams and whatnot. And The creepy thing is is he built, like, a discipline chamber. (laughs) Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like a little, like, cage that he would send, like, his disobedient kids to, like, ponder their thoughts and whatnot, or his wife if she acted up. Because he later on, like, wrote, like, a bunch of books. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, full of, like, Donald Trump conservative, like, fucking, (laughs) like, right-wing, like, you know, political leanings and whatnot. But, um, yeah, so he, he just spent his whole life and building this rock gate place and again people were mystified by like how he was doing it because he would only do it at night and when he would see people you know spy on him he would patiently just look at them and then walk away and start whistling Uh, but one night uh, i believe it was in 1936 so about 16 years later after Mm -hmm. you know he you know had completed half of his rock gate um sanctuary um, some people like jumped the fence and uh, tried to rob him because they're like, okay, there's got to be something here. Like this guy has got to have money. There's there's got to be something. Like we need to get the secrets of what he's doing and whatnot because this guy is up to no good. Because if anything, you know, didn't make sense to Florid Floridians. You know, they had to you know fucking <laughs> see what was going on <laughs> behind the scenes. It's always Florida, man. Yeah, this is Weird the original shit. Florida man. Yeah. And so in 1936, like he gets robbed, he gets assaulted, and. Uh, another theory too is is that they were also um, 
some real estate developers who were trying to build, I believe it was like the highway one and, you know, starting all this like new development because he specifically chose this area of Florida city because it was secluded. He didn't want to be around too many people. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were asking questions and whatnot. So they were starting development and whatnot. And so he thought this was just the last straw. And so like you were alluding to earlier, he picks up all of these fucking heavy ass rocks, all of the rock gate, all of, um, these, you know, 80 ton fucking walls and whatnot, um, all these sculptures and whatnot. He hires a truck and over the course of three years moves it 10 miles north, uh, to what's, uh, Homestead, uh, Florida, which is about 25 miles away from Miami, Florida mm-hmm. into a brand new location. Yeah. A little bit further north. Correct. Yeah. But um. what's crazy is, is he would, the story goes like this. I just said it took him three years to do it. But when you walk, watch like the Leonard Nimoy fucking documentary yeah. on this, they make it seem like, oh, like he had one truck come this one time and he told the truck driver, just go around the corner for three seconds. And then like within three seconds, like he like whistled Dixie or whatnot and put all these like rocks on the truck. This like old school, like 1923 Studebaker yeah. and moved it within like 20 minutes to this new place. People do add this whole like, he was magical as fuck kind of thing. Yeah. But- you know, he did have some help. Like, let's not pretend that he didn't. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, too. Like, people were like, well, how did he fit these these uh, these rocks on the cart and whatnot? And then you got to think, like, this guy came from a logging background where, you know, they're putting, like, 90-ton uh, fucking, like, huge redwoods on, you know, trucks and whatnot. Yeah, he knew the game. So. Yeah. And then you got to think, too, like, back in the day, like, trucks, they weren't made like your fucking, like, plastic-ass fucking, you know, Toyota Tacoma now. <laughs> this is, like, or their fucking Nissan Titan and whatnot. Like, no, these were, like, fucking sturdy-ass fucking. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was using, like, logging trucks. This was not, like, some you know, potato, commercial thing. Potato truck yeah. or some shit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and again, it took, like, I made sure that I looked up the actual facts on it because people will get lost, like, in the, like, sexy, like, uh, story of, like, oh, he just whistled Dixie and put, like, these fucking 80-ton rocks on the truck one afternoon and all of a sudden, like, rebuilt his fucking rock gate. But, again, three years, he takes it and he totally takes everything from one location, like, these heavy-ass fucking, just think of the pyramids, Mm -hmm. if you will, the pyramids of Giza. Like if somebody just like within the course of three years, like one little man takes the whole pyramid of Giza, disassembles it, and then within three years like moves it to fucking Arizona. Like yeah. that's a fuck that's an accomplishment in itself, even in modern yeah, times. Yeah, no, it is. You know, one of the things and you know I always I always think when we when people talk about the, the pyramids, right? Like and like pyramids all around the world, you know, like you know, Basically, if you're dark skin, your country probably had a pyramid. <laughs> and so, like, no, they did, yeah, yeah. So, like, I always think back at him, and people always, you know, point out, and they they're like, "Well, just aliens have to help them," you know, like, yeah. And it's like, not really. It seems like it's a lot of hard work. It seems totally possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy somehow did it in Florida, where he like built an entire like his own little private sanctuary made of giant rocks. Mm-hmm. So, like. I always think that there's a little bit of racism when we talk about the pyramids. Like, they're so dumb. They must have had aliens help them or something. And I remember when you sent me the initial, uh, like, when we were going back and forth, like, hey, what do you want to do this week? You sent me, like, that History Channel, um, like, little two-minute bit about this. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, that guy, that Giorgio, whatever yeah, guy. The, that the ancient, aliens guy. Yeah. yeah, the ancient aliens guy. Like, he goes, I'm not saying it's not aliens, 
but I'm not saying, or he goes, I'm not saying it is aliens, but I'm not saying it's not aliens. And I'm yeah. just like, come on, man. Like <laughs> somebody had to have done it, you, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, that's such a simple answer. Like th- there's a lot of secrets. You got to think about it. Like ancient individuals, like that's the only thing they had time to do was fucking hunt eat and fuck and then in between like they didn't have ipads they didn't have fucking nba.com to check fucking james harden stats and whatnot like they didn't play fantasy football you know they didn't go to art and jacob do america's uh fan group you know and folks you're gonna want to go to art and jacob do (laughs) america.com not only that but like they weren't idiots like they were very much into the sciences like correct the the pyramids aren't just there on accident they're lined up to the stars above which he did as well yeah yeah so it's just like Ancient. I always have a lot of beef with ancient aliens. There's some things that I think are cool and interesting, and like, I you know, there are maybe future topics there. But for the most part, I think there's so much racism there. Yeah. Especially when we talk about like what's going on in like Peru. It's like these guys. How did they come up with these shapes? <laughs> and it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> again, like you said, like they're they're looking at the stars. They don't have iPads to distract them. So what what else they got but look up to the yeah. sky. You know, they're seeing things, and even that, too, like, when you look at, like, um, classical paintings, and, like, what is this object in the sky? Is it a is it a UFO? And it's like, no, it's a fucking falling star. That's what a falling star looks like. Not even that. I mean, you always have to take in human creativity in general. Like, yes. human creativity is in us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you take something that, like, uh, I'm trying to think who's, like, a crazy painter. Uh, Picasso. I was just say, I'll just say Picasso. Yeah, Picasso. Like that shit didn't happen. Like that's that's from like he incorporates a lot of like <laughs> yeah. math and science. But even like more modern day, like Alex Gray, the guy does all the tool yeah. paintings. Like th- that shit's like you know that's from his mind. He incorporates math and science into his paintings. Ayahuasca involved as well. Yeah, but it's like this is part of creativity. Like they look weird because it's you know out of his mind. Like it's creativity. And, like, people always want to say, well, why do he look so weird, though? And it's like, because he's an alien. <laughs> and it's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. I do think that's a little cheesy because you look, there's, like, three different trains of thoughts. Like, when people are, like, getting into the how of this guy, there's the scientific explanation. There's the extraterrestrial explanation. Like, oh, he must have had the help of aliens or whatever. Like, he was singing to aliens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm listening to, like, all these different, you know, podcasts that covered this topic. And I'm doing yard work, and in between, like, some of those podcasts, I'm fucking singing fucking, um, you spin me right around, oh, I baby. I thought you are going to be singing Dixie. Nah, I ain't fucking <laughs> Republican. But anyways, <laughs> you know, like, that's in us as well. You know, yeah. whistle while you work. Like, I mean, yeah. of course, like, if you're by yourself, you know, he misses his sweet 16, and he's probably singing, like, some 311 song, like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, and, and like, and maybe it wasn't, if we're talking about sound, like sound is something that, you know, mm-hmm. sound is pretty crazy too. Like it can do some strange things. It can mm-hmm. break rock. Like it can do some pretty crazy thing. There's stories in the Bible about like, like trumpets playing and bringing down like shit like that. I don't think that exactly happened like that. Yeah. But like, you know, like. Dizzy Gillespie brought down the temple of Moroni. <laughs> yeah. Some crazy shit like that. But like. Like maybe he did have some stuff with sound. I doubt it. I think it's mostly magnets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. but um, you know, I did hear that a lot. Like that he whistled a lot. He had music going on, all this shit. But maybe he just liked music. Like who doesn't? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm gonna yeah. If I'm building a fucking obelisk in my backyard to look at the fucking seasons and whatnot, because he did have like a telescope that would look up to the stars. Like I believe like the North Star, like yeah. something that perfectly aligned with the North Star, and then the obelisk has like a. Uh, 
a circle in it and it was split in fours like inside of the circle and depending on where the north star aligned in that circle that's like what season it was because yeah. he lived in miami which is like 80 degrees and like moist all the time i would hate to live in miami i, would, I know i would but, hate to live in florida it's so humid and no nah, i can't do that dude like we get maybe like two or three days like that out here in bakersfield but i would rather take 115 degree heat. We get dry heat here. Yeah. I can deal with dry heat. Yeah, you just go inside. Humidity is like another monster. It's like, Mm-mm. I'd probably be skinny as fuck though. That'd be cool. <laughs> but you have sweat stains yeah, all over, but yeah. Walk around like a fucking wife beater all day. <laughs> looking like a goddamn Puerto Rican. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Shout out to all our Puerto Rican fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Hi, they, I guess they call that harmonic energy. And you watch some of these like fringy YouTube videos and they're talking about, well, if you look at the the lines, the ley lines of how everything intersects, that Florida City and Homestead, Florida would uh, perfectly align with these harmonic lines, which would uh, perfectly create a situation where they would create anti-gravity where he could just whistle and bring up these stones out of the ground. And I'm like thinking to myself, then it's like, well, if that was the case, okay, Miami, what is the first thing you think of? Besides LeBron James, like uh, leaving Cleveland to go to Miami, <laughs> like what is the first thing you think of when you think of Miami? Besides humidity, yeah. Besides Puerto Ricans, <laughs> uh, I don't know what? Scarface. Oh, okay. the drug yeah. trade, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's that's what I, that was my third one. Yeah, they, wouldn't you <laughs> like? Okay, these these cartels and whatnot. Like, wouldn't they want to use that? You know, the smuggling, the cocaine. Yeah. Like, wouldn't they want to use that? Like, if there was whistling. Yeah, like okay, man, we're just gonna whistle like a cumbia or whatever, and it's gonna fucking bring the cocaine above the clouds, and, and we're that, just gonna drop it in Oklahoma. Eh? That is that, but you would think that somebody would whistle on accident and get it right, and like, yeah, all of a sudden a building would start flying, yeah, or a car or something. It's like. Nah, I I don't buy it. Like, yeah. So I, that's what when he, when somebody brings up that that notion, I'm just like, well, Walmart is like literally down the street from fucking, because uh, it gets renamed Coral Castle eventually a little bit mm-hmm. later. Like, what? Like Walmart's like literally like two blocks down the street from where this is at right now. Like, wouldn't Walmart probably the biggest fucking corporate entity in the world? Like, wouldn't they harness some something to do with it <laughs> instead of building like a neighborhood grocery store Walmart, which isn't even like a real Walmart? Damn, dude. That's kind of how it is with um, what's that? That castle that's uh, up up north, the one that's like Hearst Castle. Her- no, not Hearst. I wanted to say Hearst Castle. It's uh, the one that's like just a bunch of rooms. Oh, uh, the Winchester, Winchester Mansion. Yeah, that's kind of how the Winchester Mansion is. There's like a Rite Aid right across the street. It's yeah. just like in the middle of like downtown, like Oakland or whatever. It's yeah. in. like it's so weird because you're just driving and it's like you know th- your directions are taking you there. And all of a sudden you arrive and it's like, oh, here's like this weird looking fucking house in the middle of like nowhere downtown. Yeah. It's just like a Rite Aid and a fucking like fucking Chuck E. Cheese across the street. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I guess we're going inside. And there's all this paranormal stuff yeah. that's supposed to be happening right there. <laughs> like you fucking order your Chuck, your whack ass Chuck E. Cheese pizza and it like levitates over to your fucking uh, yeah, table dude. and shit. Like, see, I, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Like if this place was so um, magical, if you will, like with, you know, this harmonic energy that's just supposedly just within like four places within the the earth or whatever Mm -hmm. and the way they like line it up when you watch these youtube videos like of course you get you know the the pyramids down in peru i believe you get like the pyramids and in giza and egypt and whatnot and then i guess like another random place like out in siberia or china and whatnot and i'm thinking to myself i'm like that's super convenient and there's like no science behind it and 
we conspiracy theorists will go about like, well, that science doesn't want you to know about it. And it's just like, well, they let us know about everything else. Like, why wouldn't they? So I, to me, I got skeptical hippo eyes on that. But the one thing that stood out to me too, besides like, you know, the aliens and the harmonic energy was the yeah. magnetic energy. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was initially going into that, like looking at like the magnetic energy of it all, I was thinking like, well, limestone doesn't have like magnetic properties in it. There's no, um, there's no metal in it, you know, because a magnet has to be attracted to, you know, yeah. a piece of metal and whatnot. And limestone is basically like dirt and minerals and fossils. Yeah, and yeah. This this specific, you know, form of limestone is like just a bunch of fossils and shit. Just, it looks like coral, basically, mm-hmm. like dark coral. And like, there's no way that, you know, he just got like a big old fucking magnet from Acme Company or whatever from, you know, the Wiley Coyote commercial yeah, yeah, yeah. and just pulled it out like that. So when I was doing my research on that, like a couple of YouTube videos, like from like, I want to say like, School teachers like Mr. Hardgrove, uh-huh. like they were explaining, like we oh, should get him. Is he still alive? We should get him on here for a science episode. I don't know he'd be down the street if he is. Oh, true. Yeah, he was right across from Washington Junior High. Oh, well, let me tell you why it hurts when you cut yourself. <laughs> 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 why your blood is full of iron-rich calcium. Oh. Your pain receptacles are. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Mr. Hardgrove. Hope you're alive and well. <laughs> Damn. Hope, hope that social security check is fat as fuck. Oh man, he's retired now, right? He he was old when we were there, dude. Yeah. That was like twenty years ago. God damn. Yeah. But anyways, um, I was watching like a lot of these school teachers describe a lot of those tools because you said that earlier. Like when you go to Coral Castle now, when you go into his actual um, living quarters, which is like this two-story, you know, uh, rock formated fucking place where he lived at you know there was a lot of tools that are on display that he actually used Mm -hmm. and like 99 percent of these tools are from old ford model t parts built for tough and the a lot of the school teachers they'll go piece by piece it was like literally me and my girlfriend were watching you know this documentary on youtube like on the tv and like i was like half falling asleep because it was like listening to mr hargrove it was like very like technical like no bullshit added to it like no like ancient aliens no fucking anything like that but he goes you look at the solenoid right here and what he did is he placed 16 magnets in there and like and he was explaining like how it would turn around it would power like this homemade battery like it was just basically like random copper wire that like he found um and then he would put this in the positive um terminal and then he would place either like a sweet potato or <laughs> something like 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 literally like no joke like like very primitive items because we've all had science fairs like in elementary yeah, school yeah. where it's just like you can power like a basic clock with the power of a, a potato and whatnot and yeah. like the school teachers were saying like this is what he would do like he would get you know organic materials and then you know create these batteries and then you know harness like all these like spare parts and i believe there was like a i want to say like a dump or a junkyard like not too far away from coral castle like in homestead and then even in florida city as well mm-hmm. um where like he would just walk to and he would gather random parts and you know just bring his little wheelbarrow and he was creating like um like you said like machinery that would quietly operate with the power of magnets and it was creating like electrical magnetic um, electricity and it would he would use all all of everything that he he made like he would repurpose it so uh, his cutting device was actually like the steel door uh, to part of his gate mm-hmm. and like that's what he would use oh, to yeah, cut yeah, yeah. Um, some of the rock out and he said he was like now you look at a piece of oolite limestone he goes it's very heavy 
but it's very easy to cut. And he was like demonstrating like with a basic like handsaw from Lowe's. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, I can cut right through this. And he was, and it's something that like I remember like back (laughs) back in Cub Scouts where we were learning about like rocks and minerals. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, like a, a granite rock can be heavy as shit, but as long as you get like another rock or mineral that's harder than that, like a diamond, it's at, yeah, at a diamond's the hardest hardest material ever, and that's why you use like diamonds to like cut through something. But limestone, um, on this like one to ten scale of rocks and minerals, it's on it's, I believe it's like on the very low end of the hardness scale. So like mm-hmm. a basic handsaw can cut right through it. So yeah. It wasn't so mysterious that he was able to cut these things. It was just a matter of like how he was able to raise it out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And basically what you're looking at is he was using, again, his knowledge of like leverages and weights. When we look at like the gym, for example, like when I was listening to some of these podcasts that were getting into the technical aspects of it, when I'm at the gym and let's say I'm doing chest day, you go on the bench press and 135 pounds, like that's... It's a it's a manageable weight to bench press, but it seemed to me it all, I always wondered like why does it seem heavier to do 135 pounds on a bench press than it is to go to like a chest press machine, which is basically just suspended by like a rubber band and like you know a little triangular like apparatus. Yeah. Like why is it 135 feels different on the machine as opposed to the bench press? On the bench press, you're just using like your brute strength, you know, and it's isolating everything in your chest. Mm -hmm. And when people are saying like, it's impossible for him to lift that by himself. Well, yeah, if you're looking at it and from the perspective of him just lifting it with brute strength or, you know, they were even talking about like people going in with cranes and whatnot. Like it would show like all these like rednecks with like, like big gulps and slurpees, (laughs) like trying to like use like a, a basic like, you know, 1970s crane just to lift it out just straight out and then like the crane would tip over and whatnot. Yeah. When you look at it from that perspective, but it goes back to what I was talking about with the gym. When you go to like the chest press machine, okay, it's still got 135 pounds as the weight that you're lifting up, but it's being suspended by basically a rubber band, which I could just take right now and snap. But the way it's leveraged with, you know, the triangular apparatus everything is being, you know, evenly distributed. So it's able to lift up and down. So you're when you're pushing on that um that chest press machine you know you're you're basically everything else is supported for you and you're just concentrating your chest with you know just your motion yeah and when they were talking about his tripod they were saying like okay all three angles is pushing all of that leverage and energy into the ground so most of that weight is being distributed against the earth so that the, like these tons and tons and tons and tons of fucking rocks are are not being supported necessarily by you know these old you know forged chains and these rusted out pieces of machinery and whatnot. Yeah, Those yeah. are more or less just the the apparatuses like the rubber band on that chest press machine that's holding it in place. And you know that he's using the force of the earth, which is the heaviest thing <laughs> you know on this yeah, planet. Yeah. To support, you know, these large weights. And the way he was explaining it, and I'm probably doing a piss poor job of no, doing no, it. No, no, I got you. But at the same time, the way he was explaining, I'm like, that makes so much sense. And if you have constant energy, you know, coming from, you know, this these 16, it's a roundabout of 16 magnets that's basically continuously spinning. And all he has to do is just push, a, you know, pull it away from, you know, uh, the apparatus, the, the spinning magnets his sweet 16 if you will because there Mm -hmm. were 16 magnets in a circle like spinning around 
And as long as it was spinning, it was creating some kind of energy which he could um, calibrate, you know, to go faster. That would create more energy to pull it up or to pull it down. And he was basically just sitting there just whistling Dixie, basically, Mm -hmm. like messing around with his Sweet 16 machine. That's pretty interesting. One of the things that I I do think just gravity in general is like we know very little about gravity in general, like why we even have gravity. We have theories of like why there's gravity, but... Mm -hmm it always kind of blows my mind. Like we don't actually know. We don't really know why there's gravity. Like mm-hmm. what, what's holding us down. Like it's kind of weird. Um, and because it's so much in theory, like that's why I always think space travel is so crazy. Like mm-hmm. it, it just kind of blows my mind. But, um, but yeah, that's crazy that he was able to, to do that. I, I think, I, I don't think he was a genius, but I think that, you know, he I understood mean, enough to be able to, uh, create something that blew, you know, the basic, person's mind yeah um give give you another example i was thinking of um when eddie van halen you know came out in the 70s and he was doing all these crazy things and making all these crazy sounds on the guitar like he didn't have that you know youtube he didn't have mtv so like when you're hearing eruption you're like oh my god how is he able to make the guitar sound like that and it was just a basic technique of called tapping and then he just added um you know sound effects to it which you know made it sound cool but Tapping is basically you're just if you can do this, yeah, yeah. You, you taps. Can, yeah, yeah, you can you can do anybody can you know make that sound on eruption the song eruption. It's just a simple um, technique that not a lot of people know about, but it makes like this 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 thing that just melts your mind, and that's yeah. basically what he was doing. It's just a simple technique using like old magnets, you know, discarded you know Ford parts basically, yeah. and telephone poles to lift heavy ass objects. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, it's still difficult as fuck. But I did think that the mystery itself doesn't feel that mysterious once you actually look into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ancient Aliens is doing a disservice. <laughs> God damn, that well, show is crazy. I'm pretty sure, like, in the middle of me explaining all that, I'm sure like like 90 percent of our audience like tuned out and like <laughs> went no, to porno. No, I mean, but, but you can you can like dumb but, it if you dumb it down completely. Like, let's just say like, um, like. It's extremely difficult to lift a car. Oh yeah. Even if you have like fifty of your strongest men, it's difficult to lift a truck because it's still like a tons of object. Yeah. But if you had like a jack, like one jack using a powered hydraulic, the longer your the arm is on that jack, the more strength you're actually gonna get out of it. It's it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple math where it's like, duh, yeah. of course, yeah. If I have a jack, I don't need the world's strongest jack, I just need a stronger arm. Like ever when one time um I had this like really crappy one. So if you just have like one really short little arm, and you're just doing that. If you attach a longer one, you're gonna get way more strength because all yeah. of a sudden you you're using so little of your own strength. Leverage, yeah. yeah. And so like it's it's kind of just simple math, and mm-hmm. like you know you don't have to use brute strength every time. So, no, yeah. I mean that's just dumbing it down to like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I think um, Ancient Aliens does it because those explanations like it's not sexy, like. What's, what sells is aliens. What sells is yeah. like fucking singing to a piece of wood and it fucking, or wood, singing to a piece of rock and it levitates off the ground. Yeah, or of course. That's the sexy thing to say. Yeah. But like actual like math and science, we fell asleep in Mr. Hargrove's yeah. class. So we, we don't give a fuck about he that. He explained to me why it hurts when it, when, it <laughs> when you're in pain. <laughs> the pain receptacles going through your brain and going to travel down the vast efference of your... But anyway. This is definitely a topic I, I wanted to do because I heard about this topic from Ancient Aliens for the first time. Oh, really? And I was like, this is really... like I thought it was really interesting. And I always kind of kept it in the back of my mind. 
and then over like thanksgiving christmas uh we were i was hanging out with my family we were just basically talking about cicada 3301 which by the way just started again on the fourth so i was thinking like we should revisit that yeah that's a really interesting topic and it's like branching off into other things so super interesting but anyways um um this is one of those topics that just kind of popped up in my mind. Like I was just like, Oh yeah. Like that guy did some weird shit. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't really think about it. I just sent it to you. I was like, what about this guy? And then looking this back is, at it now. Okay. All relationships are based upon fucking, uh, trust. And this is how much I trust you because I was just like, <laughs> I don't know shit about this. And then like, when I heard like the name, I was like, okay, I don't know. Like, and then you, like I Googled it real quick, like at work, like in between interviews, like the two minutes, like I had, and I was like, magnets aliens i was like i don't know about this but i was like eh, i fucking trust art with this <laughs> it ended up being like a really um interesting topic because on the surface of it like 90 percent of the podcast you're gonna listen to they make it seem like it's a love story like his passion uh for this heartbreak that he went through you know with this 16 year old girl which ended up not even being like the actual girl i guess her actual real name was like hermione lucis Oh, like, it man. wasn't Agnes Skalgan. It was just some story, like, he made up. And, like, when creepier. you Creepier. That's even creepier. God damn. That he made, and it was, like, kind of like a metaphoric um, analogy for his Sweet 16 machine. Uh, and, like, he was was obsessed with, you know, dropping little hints. It was almost like Cicada 3301, if you will, yeah. because the stairs that led up to uh, his castle or his little apartment, if you will, was 16 steps. There were 16 steps down to his little torture chamber that he had for his kid. There were 16 bars around like the little cage. Like there was just little hints to, you know, even like in the pond, like there's like this star looking thing. And it's basically like that circular. The same thing as the box that he had built. Correct. Uh, Like the battery terminal. So there was like subtle hints, like even like the, um, I guess there was like when he died, um, he was he, buried with a 16 year old <laughs> no he um he left a treasure map and they said that, like that treasure map is basically like the cops were like going around his property trying to find like you know hidden treasure they did find like three thousand dollars in like crisp hundred dollar bills but they were saying like the treasure map was actually um the first clue on how to build like this sweet 16 magnetic machine and i was just like okay yeah that makes sense he's not gonna straight up just tell everybody like how to make this yeah because he even wrote a book about like magnetism and whatnot and aside from like his political little books about like how women should act in public (laughs) but he actually like wrote a book like on magnetism or whatever and they said like it was super difficult to understand because he's speaking broken english right But they said that, like, this first clue was, like, understanding, like, some of the stuff that was in the book. And I thought that was genius as well. And you were, all throughout this whole week, you were dropping, like, little Cicada 3301 hints and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is probably what Edward was doing. Because it's like, everyone gets it confused about, like, he was so heartbroken over this 16-year-old that rejected him back in Latvia. That, you know, he poured his soul out into, like, this passion project. And I was like, that makes sense. But, like, after, like, the first, like, two years, like... You kind of get over it, and you're in Miami. Like, what the fuck? Just go down my Miami Beach and watch some big booty hoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like get over it, dude. Like, get over it, man. Yeah, I know you're five foot, but so is Danny DeVito, and he yeah. he's married. He made it happen. Yeah, he made it happen. By the way, Jumanji two, pretty good movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's got Danny All DeVito right. in it. All right. <laughs> but anyways, Art, do you got anything else That's on this it, topic? Man. That was a good. It was a good, good, good times, man. With the Lafian laser, we'll call him the, the Latvian laser. <laughs> do you think he would have been a, like an expert three point shooter? Oh, that's that would have been his game, man. What what team do you think he would have played for? 
the Timberwolves. Yeah, Timber. I was. I would say like the Mavericks or the Timberwolves. That seems like very, yeah. very Latvian of them. Yeah. But anyways, and he has that thing where like his hair is like not like looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I always thought about that. Like when it, like, cause my goal, like in the sixth grade, was like to jump into the NBA, and obviously I stopped growing in the sixth grade, so that that wasn't gonna happen. But like I always thought, like, okay, like black dudes, like they just get like a fade or like shave their head, so they don't gotta worry about like their hair messing up. Because every time I play basketball at lunch, like my hair would like mess up because we're in the Bakersfield heat, and like the gel would like sweat out of my hair. <laughs> Ended up looking like fucking like that dude out of Ancient Aliens and shit. And I was like, well, what? it's like Glotty Debot. Like, Glotty Debot? <laughs> yeah, like that guy, you know, the minute he started playing, it was like, you just had like a mess on his hair. Yeah, it looked like bedhead all of a yeah. sudden and shit. And I was like, what am I going to do? Am it, I going to shave my head? There's only, you, you have to be like those like stereotypical white guys like Jordan Hayward that like mm-hmm. gel their hair with like fucking like cement. Yeah, it's like they're, you know, they're using like uppercut or something like that to like get it like perfect. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, all those like Lafayette dudes are just like, <laughs> Oh, here's some LA looks and like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> By the first quarter, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Or was, nothing. What's that guy in the Lakers that has like some fucking like bird's nest on it? <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, but yeah. Anyways, good topic, Art. Thank you right, so yeah, much. So. For sure. Anyways, Art, you want to tell us about our sponsors? Hey guys, go to CavemanCoffee.com. Type in America. They have a they have a clearance thing going on right now with uh, their hoodies. I was thinking about getting myself a hoodie and typing in America. Saving 15% off. Save myself 15% off. And that goes to helping us grow the podcast. So um, Yeah, you help a, a splendid company in Caveman Coffee, as well as they kick us down a couple of shekels as well. So if you don't want to go on our Patreon and, you know, be a subscriber to that, um, which I could understand, you know, you don't want your, you know, random, you know, credit card information being deducted every month. I don't, I don't even personally do that with my favorite podcast. Yeah. So shout out to the, the people that do contribute, Nicole and uh, Alex and whatnot that do that. So God bless your souls. But if you don't want to do that, but you want to get something a little more in return other than like hand turkeys or like, um, <laughs> Let, let's face it, guys. Go to Caveman Coffee. Go to Caveman Coffee. $25 for a hoodie and then taking 15% off of that? I don't know what that math is. Like $22? I don't know. I'm not Edward Leeds Scotland. It's like $22 for a hoodie. Yeah. You can't go to the, the mall and buy one like that. Yeah. You spend like 75 bucks go on that. Go get yourself a hoodie. Yeah. Get yourself some coffee. Get yourself some cocoa butter. Get yourself some fucking It's, it's winter time, man. It's time yeah. to put some cocoa butter in that coffee and just chill at home like Baby Yoda holding the little <laughs> coffee cup. By the way, did you like the last episode of Mandalorian? I loved it, man. I geeked out as soon as I saw the Black Saber. I was like, oh, my God. And I didn't know what the fuck that was until my coworker told me about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting more on board with this show. As oh, the more so you guys talk. good. I, I, I can't believe how good it was. That's A-plus all the way around for that show. There you go. So, anyway, so after you uh, get your caveman coffee and sit down and watch the mandalorian on disney plus <laughs> make sure you subscribe to our little dog and pony show over here uh, so that way you get this show every week automatically downloaded into your phone give us a five star rating because apparently that helps other people discover us because we can't just rely on telling your mama and your boobs too uh, so make sure you do that um, you know, when you're at work, you know, make sure you follow us like on Instagram and Facebook. So that way you can see, you know, all the pictures associated with us. So you get to see the little Edward Lee Skalkin, you know, pulling out, you know, three ton, 50 ton fucking, you know, rocks out of the, the quarry and whatnot and getting a little 
cute little pictures and uh, little tidbits about it and whatnot. And then also go to the Facebook group where, you know, we have fun discussions. Um, This past week, you know, people were talking about what we were talking about last week, which was just like a general conversation. So it's Uh, funny, like how people like I I popped in there for a minute. I just posted a phone number. I don't know if anyone called it. Yeah. Was that that a cicada? No, it's not a cicada one, but it's Uh, okay. (laughs) I I told the people that I had a a new phone number. And I was like, call me at this number. I don't get text Oh, is that that one of those phone numbers that we were talking about? Give it, yeah, give it a call. It's really strange. So, okay. That's maybe a future topic. I, I don't know how that topic would work. Maybe we need Ben back for that episode or something. But, <laughs> like, that's the topic. I've been talking to Jacob now for, like, a good five months now. But, yeah. I, I'm down. I trust you, man. We've got a good <laughs> relationship here. But, yeah, make sure you go to that Facebook group. Because, like I said, last week we did something different. We just sat down and just had a general conversation. And it's funny, like, the things people pick apart. They're like, you were talking about homeless people jumping in front of cars. And then, like, people went on a whole tangent about that. I believe we talked about, like, you know, get like that lady that got mugged in her car. Like, somebody shared their story about getting mugged in their car. And like, oh, you, damn. you think you're going to act a certain way. Like, I think I'm going to be Arnold in Commando. But then, like, you know, you just kind of freeze up. And then it, it's wild, you know. So, yeah, I love, you know, interacting with you guys on that. So Was that free. Alejandro that got mugged in her car? <laughs> You know, I always imagine like bad shit happening to Alejandra. Like she's like such a nice person, and then, like <laughs> <laughs> no, she's an East Sider at oh, heart. She's so, East Sider. Yeah, okay, she so she carries a fucking blade in her hair. Yeah, she's she has a couple <laughs> bodies buried out in the desert. Oh, okay, so. but um, yeah, I love communicating with you guys. So um, just post in there. I don't care what it is, just as long as it's not racist and you know super right wing political. Like I don't give a shit. Whatever you want to post in there, it's free free for all over there. But yeah, do that. You know, follow us on all the social media things. Go to our Patreon. I don't know what else, dude. Like, I'm, I'm fucking done talking. My mouth is. I'm done, shit. man. Good times, though. Yeah, hell yeah. So until next week, have a good night. Good night. <laughs>